The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. You are traveling through a dimension not only of sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose only boundaries are that of your imagination. There is a fifth dimension, beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space, and timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow. Between science and superstition, it lies between a pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. You unlock this door with the key of your imagination. Beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. You've moved into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into another Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Brought to you by WKTV, the Whole Picture Podcast, in the journal, I'm Wayne Thomas. We delve deep into the obscure in this show as you explore, as we explore the mysterious. When I was about five years old, my grandfather hunted ghosts and he first coached me on how to communicate with the dead. He would always end by telling me to keep an open mind about things I might not easily believe even things like vampires. No vampires on the show tonight, but we do have plenty of spooky people on the show. An incredible paranormal resource, lead investigator and founder of his own team, 10 years experience as a ghost hunter, co-host Brandon Jose. Brandon Jose. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you want me to talk. <laughs> I'm Brandon Jose, I can't count any paranormal. And welcome to another episode of Paranormal Possibilities. And co-host Kim Colleen also has trained in ghost hunting. She fills a niche that Brandon and I can't with good looks and a female perspective. Yeah, I don't know about that. Thank you. Uh, Thank yes. you for that. I'm Kim Colleen. Thanks. And uh, welcome to another podcast tonight. And actually, it was Kim who brought this lead to us. Yeah. So, I'd, yeah, I'd like to introduce our guest tonight, Nicole Beauchamp. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. She is one of the founders, right, of the Tri-City Ghost Hunter Society, yep. located out of Bay City, Michigan. Uh -huh. And how many are on your team? Um, we have a small team. We have about five or six members. Okay. So it's pretty small. We started out like with a huge team and yeah. just decided over the years to stick to, you know, people we knew best. Yeah. How long have you been Almost, have your team? Um, well, it's been a little over 11 years, so. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but I know you've been a, uh, into the paranormal since you were a small child. Yeah. So with my current team, um, I've been, you know, with my team for a little over 11 years, but mm -hmm. I have been doing paranormal research for about 15 years and you're absolutely right i've had the interest my whole life yeah uh i heard you say you used to have 
uh, friends over and you would ghost hunt up in the attic and for some reason they didn't want to have sleepovers. <laughs> yeah. <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you grew up in a haunted house, didn't you? I didn't grow, well, I had experiences in my house, but I didn't, I wouldn't really call it a haunted house. Okay. Um, it was a pretty regular house, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I was just always into like the spooky side of things. So like when my friends would come over, I would be like waiting at the end of the hallway upstairs. like <laughs> Trying to I'd, scare them. Yeah, I'd have like a white dress on and I would hold the pose just to look oh like I was dead. And nobody oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. That, you sound like fun. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's our kind of people. Way. Exactly. Nothing right. has changed. Nothing has changed because oh, that's I still great. do that stuff. Well, the main reason you're here tonight with us is we really want to talk about your new book. Yeah, that's amazing. That is um, <laughs> it's called Haunted Bay City, Michigan. And uh, it literally is talking about what's, what was considered Hell's Half Mile. Yep, that was... Way, most... way back in, uh, let's see, what year was that? Like in the 1800s, is that right? Yep, like the late... Uh... 1800s like that was the most dangerous area of Bay City at that time it was uh you know not a very big area but yeah. they packed a lot of what it was deviant like stuff into that six blocks yeah um and it was literally this red light district yeah and uh they I, had... I have a little description of it oh, oh okay sinister victorian lady terrorizes visitors on upper level of Bay City antique center Ghost of Disfigured Little Girl Rome's Sage Library. Yep. Former caretaker of the USS Edison haunt ship, and that would be Paul, yep. the former caretaker. Mm -hmm. And that's chapter one of your book. We love using this platform to promote authors like yourself that write about Michigan mm -hmm. and local authors like yourself. Mm -hmm. But you're not exactly local. You drove all the way across the state from Bay City to be mm -hmm. here. Well, I have family here too. So oh, good. I got to see them. My, uh, my godson broke his leg and couldn't come to my book signing. So this was a good oh, opportunity. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I purchased your book. So I, I want to make sure that you sign it before you leave, though. Most definitely. Great. Gotcha. So the book kind of starts out almost you know, back in time, yep. talking about the history of Bay City, where it was almost like the lumber capital of the world at that time, where the mm -hmm. lumberjacks would come in and yep. they would work, and a lot of the debauchery that would happen was from the lumberjacks, right? Oh, yeah. They had this system of underground tunnels and uh, that they could actually visit one brothel to the next or one saloon to the next without getting caught. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it wasn't unlikely to see a murder victim, you know, floating down the Saginaw River. Yeah, you know? it was a very common thing back then. Yeah. Is there, anything, is there anything else that, you know, you kind of want to talk about with that day and age in your book? Um, I guess the just the entertainment back then yeah it was a lot weirder <laughs> um there so there was a man and he would like he was one of the lumberjacks and he would get down on you know all fours and fight dogs fight bulldogs oh, on I water street and um all i can say is thank god our entertainment has gotten better yeah <laughs> yeah you have a passion for the paranormal but also history Oh, yeah. yeah. And history is a big part of the paranormal. I mean, if you go to a place, you might not see a ghost, but at least enjoy the architecture and the, and yeah, the history around the building, yeah. right? 
you talk a lot about that, you know, the history of who built the buildings <laughs> that are haunted, um, even to this day and age. And right, you know, right from the get-go, chapter one, the gray ghost. Mm -hmm. What is the gray ghost? The gray ghost is a nickname for the USS Edson, which mm -hmm. is a historic um, naval destroyer ship that is docked in Bay City. Okay. Edson. I thought it was Edison. I was saying it wrong. Oh yeah, yes. Edson. It was named after a marine. And we used the Twilight Zone intro because yeah. they had the gray ghost on one of their. And did you see that movie with the, where they had the gray ghost on the Twilight Zone? I see a part of it, yeah. Yeah, they used a lot of the interior filming. And for the exterior, they actually used another ship. But Brandon, did you see that episode of the Twilight Zone? I'm sure I've seen it at some point. 30 Phantoms, I, I the 30 Phantoms Zone, gra so. Grave. I yeah. know. I'm going to watch it again because now i got to watch and see the different scenes that are inside the gray ghost. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, there's, I mean, you wouldn't believe the encounters people have had at that place. With Paul, the former caretaker, or other? Uh, there's there's a couple things there, definitely. Um, but yeah, Paul, I guess, is the main And you've been on there several yeah. times? Yeah, I love that place. I love the volunteers there. They're great people. Uh, so, I, you know, I just wanna wanted to include them and yeah. support them. That was a great place to start, I think, in your book. Yeah. You know, right. Totally. Um, Bay City Antiques. I thought your story about the military cap mm -hmm. attachment that your dad was going to buy at the antique store. Yeah. And he was so excited. He was he found it, but then he didn't buy it because he was afraid it, there was an attachment to it. You know, um, a lot of us in the paranormal field feel like, there, there could be the possibility that a spirit or something could be attached to a physical object, something that was near and dear to them. So I thought it was interesting that your dad put that back. You know, that's a very common, I guess, very common stories that come out of the Antique Center. Okay. Is that a lot of people, um, you know, have those kind of experiences where they get drawn to like one item mm -hmm. and then they don't want anything to do with it because they have experiences. So that was just one story of many stories. You right. Know, uh, what has happened at the Antique Center and... Yeah, um, what's what's probably the, the, the best story coming out of the Antique store? Well, is that chapter two? Yeah. Well, I know, Annabelle, the Annabelle Dow ran oh, in. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Annabelle Dow? Yeah. It's a Raggedy Ann. Yeah, uh, Ed and the Rain Warren. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And they got that at an antique store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. They got So that I would think that might be one of the items that you, from there that you <laughs> just stay away from Dow's period, right? <laughs> right. Just, yeah, they do have a kind of a creepy when we were at the museum, Allegan County Museum, and they had one room just full of those old antique dolls. Well, and you gotta take into it too. They used to use like the children's hair like in inside of the dolls or like they would use it like a lot of times as a replacement like a, in a memory of would use their hair after the child passed away so you definitely think like something like that could hold on to right it. a lot you of human hair. hair in the doll yeah yeah like i think would, a lot would, of human they would hair. make it almost as like like a like in, in memory of but they would use like the actual hair too i did not know and back that. well back in the day too they used to take family photos with with the dead, dead body, yeah. like acting like in a family scene or whatever. Yeah, those glass eyes they use. Yeah. Those old glass eyes, too, that they would use in those babies. They are kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. 
of real human babies. Right. No, not in real eyes, of course, glass eyes, but they just look real. And then, of course, when they blink and stuff and perform bodily functions, they're pretty real. <laughs> I never had any dolls. You girls know about that. That's why we got Kim on it, helping us out yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything else from the antique store that you're thinking? Well, there's a really good story. Yeah, please share. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, All right. I will say is that it is mentioned on the back cover, I guess, so I can give a little bit of okay. insight. But um, there is a Victorian lady that is seen up there on the second floor, and she is extremely creepy. A description of her is in the book. And I'm, like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but she's very like sinister, menacing looking. And um, anybody who has seen her is just noped right out <laughs> you know what i mean they see yeah. and they're just okay bye i've gone yeah uh it, it's a pretty i i think it's probably the creepiest story in that chapter um so i don't want to give too like i said too much of yeah it. i know because we want people to read the yeah. book right but it's definitely like it'll make your skin crawl a little bit <laughs> i'm wondering do you like separate residual and intelligent hauntings yeah yeah so i do that with my team now so like on the ship you think that's just a residual from paul him doing his routine day after day and now his spirit his energy is still recreating that or is or is it an intelligent spirit that communicates with people i think it's a combination mm -hmm. i think he goes about a routine to some degree but he does seem to interact with a lot. oh we interact if he interacts then yeah it's an intelligent yeah. spirit but i i also think like when nobody's there, he does kind of just kind of, you know, make his rounds. Sure. Or he always has like the same outfit on, right? And yeah. that's how we know it's Paul. Yep. He yeah, period like, clothing is a dead yeah. giveaway. Same thing with that Victorian ghost in the antique right. shop. Is that is, is that a residual haunting or intelligent? That, as far as I know, that one is an intelligent haunting. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know too much. I personally haven't seen her, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of do want to see her, but uh, she sounds pretty, you know, terrifying. So. Yeah, for sure. Literature tells you you run into a residual uh, <laughs> haunting more often than you will an intelligent, but I can't say that, Brandon, in your experience. In my that, experience, I think it's much more intelligent than residual, at least what I've encountered. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, he, he's always getting EVPs. That, mm -hmm. I mean, you ask a question and they, they tell you their name. It's interactive. Right. I get a lot of EVPs usually when I do investigations too, and actually it's my favorite form of evidence. Yeah. It's like really, you're kind of learning something about those people, you know? Right. It's not just like, oh, a picture, which pictures and videos are cool, but you don't really know who those people are, who they were. Right. You use a digital recorder? Yeah, and I just like the basic, like cheaper ones. Like you can get the fancy ones, but I, as as I, I guess, evolve into this field, I just don't. I guess I don't care that much about getting like too much solid evidence. It, for me, it's all about the personal experience. Like the mm -hmm. older I get, like just some yeah. kind of proof for myself. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to prove to myself after yeah. all the years that and my grandfather right. coaching me from five. I was a believer back when I was five. Yeah. So many of the people that come here on this show got had early, yeah, early experiences. Brand, 
Brandon, didn't you have an experience mm -hmm. as yeah, a child I, I, too? I, the house I grew up in was haunted. So Yeah, and I saw my first, I don't know if you call it apparition or ghost or what have you, mm -hmm. at a very early age, under the age of 10. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly. But right. um, yeah, so we all kind of almost yeah. grew up as a child believing yeah. in the paranormal, yeah. right? Majority of the people that come on this show. Yeah. I know you thanked your grandparents for an influence, I mean, how did they, did, did they encourage you to go into this field? My grandmother, um, she was an English teacher and her and I would always like create stories together. And uh, she, I mean, we would do it with like Barbie dolls. Yeah. We, would, we would write stories out on paper. I would always make up like crazy names, you know, for my characters and, so they, I, I guess, you know, they were just always really supportive and had a huge influence over me sure. as far as like fostering my love of writing and um, storytelling and all of that. And you studied, you have a degree? I, yes, I, I have two degrees actually. Associates in a? An associate and a bachelor's degree in there in American Sign Language. Applied oh. science or? Yep, one is a Associate of Applied Arts and the other is a Bachelor's of Applied Science and then I just went back to school and got my certificate in massage therapy. So, oh, cool. yeah, I remember reading that. I'm thinking, great, maybe I can get a massage too. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, I'll take my test tomorrow. Oh, really? Oh. It's not certified That's yet. That's the scariest okay. thing oh, in no. this room right now. Really? <laughs> the, the thought of that. Did school oh, help you in this field? Your schooling? With like the Those, paranormal? Yeah. Right. You know, to be honest with you, when I was in school, the entire time I was in, in school, every uh, class I was in everything, I was just like, okay, I got a pr presentation on this day at the library, or I got an investigation here, uh, you know, during this month. My mind is consumed with, you know, stuff I can do in the paranormal. Yeah. So that's not to say necessarily that I don't like American Sign Language or I don't like massage, because I do, but my passion, I guess, is mm -hmm. within this field. Mm -hmm. So being able to write a book and put a book out is actually like achieving, I guess, you know, a passion that I've had my entire life. School must have helped when it came to writing a book. I, it's always just come really naturally to me. Like the writing part was really easy for me. Mm -hmm. I actually, uh, with my grandmother, I was also used to read the dictionary, and I would um, pick, well, she would also teach me, like, Polish, too, but I would select words, like, out of the dictionary, and I would type them up. I mean, I just, <laughs> obviously, I had wow. too much time on my hands as a kid, but I wanted to really, like, since I was a kid, expand my vocabulary mm -hmm. as much as I could, so. You and I. I was. I thought I was the only one that would read dictionaries. Yeah, I would, like, t pick words out of it, and then go into Word, type them out, and then... I would select, you know, certain words out of the dictionary. My grandma would teach me them in Polish, uh, so. So do you speak Polish? Little Flu fluent or? A little bit. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not quite fluent, but okay. a little tiny bit. So you could pick up here and there words if somebody's talking yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's gonna come in handy or not. It depends on what area that you're ghost hunting. Your area mm -hmm. is known for a lot of Native American Indians. It is. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, is Skull Island, are you near Skull Island? Base, I thought that was in by Bay City. 
It might be. Oh. But there is a lot of, I mean, Michigan is is covered with, uh, we're all about Native American Chippewa tribe. Yeah. Um, I think was in the Bay City area. Yep, that's where they kind of set up camp. Now, as far as Skull Island, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been there. If I have, I'm not sure. You think you ever came in contact with anything that was Native American Indian spirit? Me personally? I don't believe so. I think maybe we have. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, not in Bay City. I don't oh. think I have. But sure. I, I did investigate historic Fort Wayne in Detroit when they were still doing the ghost hunts there. And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. believe um, at that time I maybe had contacted someone that was Native American. Right. Yeah, that's, that one is famous for the, in this area. The Salk Fox tribe, they were pretty much massacred. And that's why I'm wondering, there's a lot of restless natives out there. Yeah, well, actually on a paranormal investigation I was at one time, we were doing uh, this spirit box down in the basement of an old church near um, a graveyard. And we had somebody on our team who was Native American who could speak some of the language Mm -hmm. from, I think, the Ojibwa tribe. And she could actually understand some of the words coming over the spirit box that were in Native American tongues. Yeah, I think being bilingual is a good thing. I mean, we kept wishing we had somebody that could speak Spanish. Yeah. Because we had cases where we heard things you know, come through the spirit box. You use spirit box? I'm, I'm interested in some of the tools that you use. Yeah, I really, I really like the spirit box. Actually, I was investigating the old Mason funeral home in, uh, it, I'm sorry, the old Jewett funeral home in Mason, Michigan. And it used to be um, owned by a Spanish family. Mm-hmm. And we were in the basement, do, you know, doing like a spirit box session. And I said, can you tell me the translation for gato? And over the spirit box, it said cat. And I, of course, freaked out. I was so excited. First of all, I love cats. Second of all, it like translated, you know, uh, English to, you know, Spanish for me. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. Spanish to English. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that was just really cool. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, my brain's half asleep. <laughs> I've been studying a lot. You talk, the, you talk, yeah, for the massage you. test. Yes. Yeah. You talk a, a little bit in the book about voodoo. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, religion. Um, especially in, in chapter six, there was a, um, was it a church at one time? Yep, it's a, a tattoo shop now. Yeah, yeah. So the people um, bought it, mm-hmm. kind of restored it. And um, tell us a little bit about what what your take is on voodoo. So voodoo, I guess when people like overall, I'm just going to use this as an example. So people think of New Orleans and they think like, oh, you know, like it's so dark, it's so dreary, you know, like the the voodoo side of it, you yeah. know, it's spooky, it's this, it's that. And then you have, you know, the other aspect, everything, you know, everybody's crazy and everybody's wild and they're doing this and that. Well, I guess those are just kind of propaganda, like those sure. kind of the way we, we view something like New Orleans, for example, is, is a lot of propaganda that's 
put out to us in the form of merchandise, you know, yep. here, wear this shirt that says this and, you know, and then this becomes like the be all and end all of, you know, what that, that those customs are. But when in reality, it's just so different. Like I went to Mardi Gras, it was really family friendly. And the, the same kind of goes, I guess, for voodoo, which, you know, voodoo actually brought a lot of comfort to slaves when they uh, yeah, left that's Haiti. Right. Yep. And uh, it's not like this crazy dark, um, necessarily this uh, religion that, you know, is causing harm to people. It's bringing hope to people. Right. They're not like making dows and like, yeah, they're you not know, shoving pins in the exactly. dows. Yes, they are, Kim. That, I see it on the TV all the time. Exactly. But, you know, there we go. That's a... That's just a misconception, I think, of what the religion actually is. It's a, you know, it's the capitalism. They're like putting these dolls out there and they're saying (laughs) that this is the facts. And it's not the facts. Right. Like voodoo is actually no different than any other religion, really. I mean, sure, do they have some different, you know, practices, things that are more unique than we're used to? Yes, they do. But, you know, for those people that practice that, that's normal. Isn't voodoo like spirit driven like they feel like the spirit yeah talks to them and drives them and yeah isn't so, that kind of the basis of voodoo yeah is so spirits instead of like god talking to them exactly like the spirits, talking spirits. To them. yep yep now they have hoodoo what's that hoodoo it's a lot like voodoo what's hoodoo hoodoo is what um, <laughs> when we have shatan in here that's what she's into hoodoo with spells and stuff oh. but the <laughs> Chapter six, it's entitled G-E-A-U-X to the light. And I'm like, what is that? I don't even know how to pronounce that. But I know it means go to the light. Yeah. But why would you use that? Say it and what, what, why use that reference? Okay, so in New Orleans, um, there is, you know, they have different, of course, different sports teams, kind of like we do here. And one of their sports teams, uh, I believe it's LSU. Tigers. Louisiana State University. Tigers. It's the Tigers. And they're saying is go Tigers. And they're like a French or, um, you know, they're rooted in like French culture. So now I get it. Yeah. So it's G-E-A-U-X. Well, the tattoo shop uh, that used to be this church. Yeah. Uh, they actually modeled their tattoo shop after the voodoo parlors in New Orleans. So and okay. they're like New Orleans enthusiasts, just like myself. So I'm like, I gotta find a way to like be creative with this. Oh, well, that's cool. I thought you were a former tiger or something. <laughs> I'm like, why would she use that reference? I didn't. How do you pronounce it? G E A U X. It's go. It's just go. Go to. But the is it French then? French word. I don't think it's I don't think it's like an actual it's not actually a word right I looked it up word. I looked it up but oh, it's not really a word it's I'm like, like oh no words, I guess. cute I like it though right I, I was trying to be creative with the chapter titles you know because I just didn't want to name it you know tattoo shop or right yeah right. you're real inventive with these titles yeah, like right. sheer terror I guess you talked about underground tunnels a little bit already yeah so are you interested in the Shear building or? The tunnels. Oh, have you well, been in the tunnels I, under the city? I have seen the remnants of the tunnels under the city, but I have not actually been in there. I am dying to get in there. Yeah, so, right. If you can find yeah. anybody 
that knows how to get in there, you let me know because I'm yeah. trying. <laughs> yeah. So bats or rats? Which one do I like better? <laughs> she likes them both. To, well, I used like to have pet rats, but I don't want to get bit by either one. But I think the bats, they are kind of cute. Like from a distance, of course. Yeah, which oh. one don't you want to run into? That's well, the question. Probably, like, I, I guess don't know. bats Hunt. probably, because like, if they got stuck in my hair, that would probably be a terrible thing. Yeah, we have ran into bats. Brandon got a laugh at uh, one of the investigations. Yeah, the, the jailhouse. So I'm packing my gear up. All of a sudden, I hear Wayne scream. Like, did you see a ghost? It's like, no, man, it just flew in my face. Yeah, I, yeah. I was at the society in West Virginia, and I was like, I saw this bat in this room, so of course I'm being an idiot. You know, I got the light blaring on it, and I'm just singing like a stupid bat song, and all of a sudden it, like, decides to stop, like, circling around the room and fly right out at me. They're funny if they're after someone else. That's yeah. true. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they are real funny. I've yeah. I've been rolling on the floor on an investigation when they were after my friend, but it wasn't as funny when I opened up the door at the Allegan County Jail and it was right in my face. Yeah, you'd have thought I was a little girl. <laughs> have you ever been frightened on any case? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's definitely some things that have happened that were scary. I guess like. Um, well, one time I was, this is not in Michigan, but I was walking down the uh, geriatric ward of the same asylum I just mentioned. It's actually called the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Oh, nice. Virginia. <laughs> yeah. And it sounded like a hundred like stretchers and med carts were coming at us. And it was really unnerving because there's, first of all, there's nothing in there. It was only the two of us, me and another female investigator. And it was just so loud, you know, this... Could you debunk it somehow, or did you ever figure out where that noise was coming from? No. Or how it... it I mean, you could hear the... I got it on the recorder. You could yeah. hear the wheels turning and everything, oh but it was gosh. coming right at us. Huh. And then it just stopped. And... Weird. That would be scary. That, that was, would be scary. It was scary, but it was also at the same time, like, the coolest thing that I've ever had probably happened to me. I've had some other really cool things happened to me but something about that yeah. knowing that that asylum was like empty and then to hear you know what i'm yeah saying? It had been so those, like squeaky wheels or whatever yeah. it had to have been paranormal right there's nobody else in there i i just don't i don't like saying like 100 percent, you know for sure that that was paranormal because who knows right. you know what i mean who really really knows but i don't i don't know what else it could have been yeah honestly. right like, I mean, even if, even if, like, I mean, it was so close to us, even if it was actual equipment, they would have had to move it out of our path mm -hmm. because of the sheer amount of it. But we never heard it, you know, after, well, we didn't hear it with our ears, but actually in the recorder, it's still going. Sure. You can still hear those wheels going, so. Brandon and I were in this giant attic building a library. I mean, pitch dark. There was no light in there. Yeah, so the furnace kicks on. But you don't hear it light like most furnaces do. You hear it light first, so you know it's a furnace. All of a sudden, you hear bang, bang, bang. Like, what in the world? Like it was like a truck off. was going to run over us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been frightened on cases, but not from the paranormal. 
Yeah, I yeah. think that's the most scared I'd been on one just because it just startled me so right. much. Yeah, him and I decided we were going down to where everybody else was. <laughs> then we went down there and we heard whistling. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard ghosts whistle? What was like the, some of the weirdest EVPs that you had? Oh, geez. Ah, oh, there's so many. Get out. <laughs> I did get actually one that said that once again at the same asylum. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, I... I got one that said, is a doctor down here? Oh, it's wow. a really, like, odd female-sounding voice. Uh, I got, I was investigating the, well, actually, Delta College, which is kind of between Bay City, Michigan, and Saginaw, Michigan, and they had actually locked the college down for the night. My father was investigating with us. He was in the basement, and... Uh, he said, give us a sign of your presence, and you hear a, what sounds like a female start crying and say, help me. Oh, jeez. And it's eerie. I mean, it's like a, she's wailing, and you can hear that. <gasps> yeah, help. That's insane. Help and get out are two of the things you hear the most. Yeah. And you'll hear them in the same night. So yeah. you don't know whether you're supposed to stick around and help or get yeah. the heck on out of there. Yeah. What about New Orleans? You've, you've done some paranormal investigations down there, haven't you? And had some pretty... Yeah, in the book, um, I detail a really crazy experience I had at the Bourbon Orleans Hotel. Right. Uh, but I, I saw, like, a little girl there, and that was my first time ever going there. And just that whole experience was wild, to put it, like, you know... Children's voices are especially creepy. Yeah, wasn't yeah. she screaming or something? I think I read like the crying. book crying yeah. and then you went to go find her and then she disappeared yeah it was like I mean there was like a whole series of events but um I I caught a glimpse of her and then she like bolted into the women's bathroom and right in there and I was expecting to see a child in there and nobody was there. nobody's there but it was oh, I was totally <laughs> by myself and I mean you have you been to New Orleans I have not no. Bourbon Street's really loud. It's sitting right, pretty much right on Bourbon Street. I didn't, but I didn't hear, you know, anything happening outside. It was like still and quiet in the building itself. Right. And I was just jarred by that child. Like, oh my god. Do you ever bait ghosts? Like bring, like if you want to appeal to a, a child ghost, you bring like a, a yeah. little stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Did it work? Oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I feel like, I mean, we played like old music before and stuff, and that seemed to get a response. Sure. I think it depends, you know. I think it can work. Right. Of course it depends. Everyone yeah. is different. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It just depends. You have to be ready to, at any one time, yeah. switch your plan. You might go in with a plan, you formulate a plan, and then yeah. it's, you haven't even got started yet. The plan's out the door. Right. New plan. Exactly. That's like a lot of times, too. You might go in because like a lot of places will have like a famous ghost legend, but there might be other people there too. So you're going looking for one. You always, you always got to keep it open to mm-hmm. not just focus on what the legend is and focus, you know, be it open. Like who else could be here as well? Yeah, you know, right. Too. Good point, Brandon. Open yeah. mind. You got to go in open minded. I think positive too, with a positive attitude to start. I think they pick up on that. They seem to have an. ESP. They know what you're thinking. Have you ever ha- heard your name from a ghost? Yeah. 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 I talk about the ES. Grand, uh, grand I was just going to talk station. about the. Wow. 
he had the ESP th thing where you'll get EVPs of a spirit saying something before you say it. Right. Like we've got a lot of recordings like that where it's like, okay, it knows what I'm going to say before I say it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's Do you ask a thousand questions in a night? I, I like to pace myself. I've been on investigations where people just one after the other after the other. And I just don't think that works. Right. You cannot layer your questions. Exactly. You have to give them time to answer the question that you ask. Otherwise, when they answer you, you don't know what question they've just answered. I, like, I usually switch it up. So I'll do like maybe, I don't know, eight questions and then I'll yeah. move on to try something else and, you know, see what happens. And then maybe later we'll go back to asking more. But Brandon uses the ghost box, but he uses the Estes method. I don't know if you're familiar with the Estes method. I don't think so. You'll have to check into that. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, can you, I know it's kind of complicated, but can you just briefly describe it? Well, it's been kind of called other things, but the Estes is because of the inventors. That's what they call it. It's basically where you have headphones on a blindfold and you have the, have the spirit box plugged in. So one person's listening to it and they don't know what the questions are. So they're just saying whatever they hear, whatever they're feeling. And the other people will be asking questions. Right. So it's basically, it's to remove the, um, like when you're, you have everybody sitting around and you're going through, okay, tell me your name. You hear something that sounds like a name that everybody kind of runs away with mm -hmm. that being it. But then if you go back and listen to it, it's not really saying that, you know, but mm -hmm. so it's just kind of a way to give more validity to it. Because if you're getting intelligent answers, that person that's giving it doesn't know what the, the question is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it takes some of it preconceived stuff out of it. it makes it a little more legit mm -hmm. chapter seven when you talked about um help me you got help me in there and tessa is that the, what you referred to when you heard the help me when you're in new orleans from chapter seven spirit guides and positive uh, spirit guides and positive vibes uh well chapter seven is actually tummy ate candy store but in the conclusion oh yeah tummy ate candy store yeah. i love that <laughs> i know i think right? i've been there that's where they get the prankster ghosts. Yeah. Didn't somebody get a little slap on the behind there? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't she, like, put the ghost in its place yeah, or whatever? Yeah, not appreciate it. <laughs> All right. But then another employee uh, was going to the bathroom during a birthday party, and the door flung open on them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's How right. remember that. <laughs> Can you imagine? That reminds me of... Uh, the the ladies in the um i think it's in chapter seven the black shoes and the late the, yeah. the the ladies were in the restroom mm -hmm. and some guy comes right up to the door with these manly black shoes on yeah can you imagine the discomfort of sitting in that stall just and the lady was like um there's somebody in here get out yeah. anyone leave yeah besides uh there's a female in here. I know. And, and they start scratching on the door or whatever. Yeah. And she couldn't, like, see him. You know, she couldn't see anything other than the, the shoes. Shoes. Nails, shoes. I mean, that's a freaky chapter, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Th oh, that's worth buying the book by itself. <laughs> you guys got to go to just, you know, get to chapter nine, learn about what happens, and then the story continues. Mm -hmm with uh, another person who sees the black shoe guy. Yeah. Yeah, so. I liked so much of the book. I, I mean, did too. On the conclusion, you talk about poltergeist and you use a reference yeah. to 856 AD mm -hmm. and there are the incidents that happened in Germany. Yeah, so that's a, 
where originally that term came from, poltergeist, right. I guess. They yeah, were. there was a what you said, ruckus on a farm where they were hur hurling stones and actually setting the house on fire. Yeah. See, I used that for a reference when I used to do a handout mm -hmm. when I was ghost hunting. And so I, I thought that was interesting that we used the same reference for that. Like, but that wasn't the earliest report mm -hmm. of ghosts. You had an earlier one. Yeah. Which yeah. was interesting to me because I didn't know about the earlier one. Well, I, you know, I was trying to um, trace back the history of like uh, paranormal sightings, I guess, because not necessarily to prove anything to anybody, but just to kind of say like, look, this this has been going on for forever. Right? And literally everywhere you go, like people will say, you know, this place is haunted or that place. You can't really get away from people saying like, you know, that they've encountered paranormal activity. You can't right. get away from it. I mean, so whether you choose to accept it or not, it's pretty much here to stay. Right. Michigan, especially rich. I think there's, I don't know if it's some kind of electrical force that we have with all this r water that surrounds us because water plays into residual energy sure. and they use that energy. Yeah, you, your reference was to first century AD, uh, Pliny the Younger. Mm -hmm. So even farther back, and I love that. And you also made references to like some of the important people that have haunted like the White House and stuff, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. 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 Those I thought that, are very popular stories. You know? Those are interesting to me. Oh, he's like yeah. Churchill's account of seeing Lincoln's ghost. Mm -hmm. He was in the bath and he was getting out of the bath and he sees Lincoln's ghost or whatever while he's, you know, just out of the bath. <laughs> right. And he's, uh, Mr. President, you seem to have caught me at a disadvantage. <laughs> and Lincoln smiles at him and disappears. <laughs> oh, that's good. Benjamin yeah. Franklin, you cited a, a few of them, uh, examples. Yeah. I love all that stuff um, because it wasn't just about um, Bay City. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, the title says Bay City, but there's right. a lot of other information in your book. Yeah, well, we were trying. I mean, we were trying to like tell some of the other um, states that too, because you know, I I didn't want to just. I mean, the, the history of hauntings and all that. You know, like said, so it's. I mean, it dates back like you know to you know the earliest. Uh, time of civilization pretty much and mm -hmm. and like I said every country every province state ghosts are seen inside outside so, day and night right yeah, and when you know when we were trying to tell people hey like you're mentioned in the book they just kind of blew it off they're like well it's just basically Michigan you probably got the wrong like place I'm like no like you are like listed in this book your place is in this book you know, I mm -hmm. was just trying to like tell people. Yeah. Maybe wanted to. I've done the it. same thing. Yeah. You show up and say, yeah, do you know that you're haunted? <laughs> and so, no, we're not. <laughs> but you, you raised some money and I was on teams that raised money so we could buy equipment, but you raised some money and then you donated it to restore an antique building. Uh, we, I mean, we do that. Like we've been doing that for since we've been a team in 2009, we we basically like have raised money to restore history, mm -hmm. you know, historical landmarks or you know whatever whatever it may be. Uh, so a goal I have, a personal goal I have with this book is any money I get from my royalties check, I'm going to take a portion of it and give back to my community. So 
different locations cool. in the book. I want to give each location, you know, with each check I get uh, a certain lump sum of money. That's Very awesome. nice. Do That's you have awesome. a mission statement? Do I, no, I don't. <laughs> no? No. But you have some goals and some I missions that you're... I have some goals. Right. I haven't, I haven't uh, taken the initiative to write out a mission statement, but yeah. I have some plans. You being here has helped our mission because we, we want to share this platform with people awesome. exactly like yourself, you. local authors. And back in the day, you couldn't find material to read. Right. There, there wasn't anything around, you know, um, I think, what is it, Von Donneken or however you say that, way back when is something I read about um, aliens, and I guess I was interested, but for the longest time, I didn't even research it, and I, I came across it at five years old, but I didn't start ghost hunting until I was much older. Yeah, well, I just, you know, that's exactly it. There's not a lot of books out there on the topic, at least where I'm from. Mm hmm and I don't want to like insult anybody else's work of course but sometimes books on this topic or books on history can tend to be a little bit dry right because people don't necessarily want to read investigating techniques that's that's dry I mean you know people want to read about the the meat of the experience they want to read about mm -hmm. like what they may see if they go to these locations yeah so, you have to treat it almost like, uh, you know, when you're telling the story, you almost treat it like you're reading like a movie script, you know? I'm sure, though, you don't, you didn't sensationalize it, not like TV and movies no, do. No, no, but I mean, just to, the way I told the story, I wanted it to be like, I wanted people to feel like they were there in that moment. Yeah. Um, so they could experience it as well. Like, nice. Whether they were in a different country, a different state, whatever it may be. So um, the stories are true, but the, I, I feel like the way I tell the stories is just more of a, a storytelling format rather than just like, oh, hey, do you, <laughs> this happened here. Yeah. Do you smudge and, and bless homes? Yeah, I have done. Yeah. Because originally you described your team in the beginning of the book as a research team. Now, I was on a team that called themselves research and that's all we did we went in yeah. and we if we found something we told them yeah we there we found something so and then that was it we stopped that was it we were done i saw a need for they wanted to report do you do reports give people reports on what you find yeah we do that um now we like i wouldn't say necessarily bless a home because i'm not a particularly religious person but if I go in there and they want the, their home smudged or something like that. With white sage or? Yep. So like we'll, a cleansing yeah, we'll of do some it sort? Just, just like the standard way of doing it. But the only difference really is that like if they want to say a prayer, I'll let them say it. But sure. I, that's not something I oh. do. So it's all pretty much on them. Whatever they feel comfortable saying, if they're religious or not, you know. At least there's a follow through. Because on the team yeah. I was on, we researched and yeah. that was it. We, goodbye. I mean, yeah, you got ghosts. See you later. Right. So, I mean, I saw a need to like fulfill that, uh, to take it a step yeah. beyond. So I'm glad that you offer that. Yeah. Well, some, a lot of people feel more comfortable with that too. Sure. Sure. Well, I guess we need to move on uh, with our outline a little bit because... We do uh, a final thought, and we also do uh, upcoming. Mm -hmm. So anything that you've got in the works. I think you just did one book signing. 
I did, and um, I'm doing another one on Friday, this Friday. It's going to be at Midland Street Books um, from noon till 5 p.m., and um, that's actually located on the west side of Bay City. I'm also going to be at two different Witches Weekends. One is October 10th, the other one is October 17th. They're in Lapeer and Houghton Lake. Excellent. So cool. we sell the book and sign the book there. So. And if people want to get a hold of you, they can go to uh, author Nicole Beauchamp, B E A U C H A M P, yeah. and that's right on Facebook. So, or they could just type in if they can't, you know, remember how to spell my last name. They can always type in just Haunted Bay City on Facebook, and something will definitely right. come. Yeah, up. I wasn't real sure about the pronunciation, but yeah. Kim does those so well, and she does ghost voices. She's the best ghost voice. When we do our intros, we did the Raven, and of course oh, she yeah, was the Raven. Tis the wind and nothing more. <laughs> she does that so well. Brandon, you got any upcoming? Um, I'm just excited to have the uh, Paranormal Summit with Grasp and Lakeshore Paranormal and some other teams. We kind of laid the groundwork to try to form a para unity kind of conference to mm -hmm. have different teams in Michigan kind of work together. So. But he just got back from some training. Yeah, that was uh, very interesting. It was uh, with the Upper Peninsula Bigfoot and Sasquatch Research uh, group up there. We had, uh, there was a, definitely a lot of experience. There's more going on up there than Bigfoot. They taught a lot. They had a lot of great stories. But we were seeing like fairy lights up there. Oh. I believe there's actually was a, a spirit up there as well in that campground. So nice. it was a very, wow. very interesting weekend. We need to have <laughs> yeah. you make a whole show of that <laughs> yeah I, I could talk a whole show on oh that. wow no doubt yeah. right now uh, we're booked we're yeah. booked all year so yeah. i'm glad you could make it over in yeah, this me space too. well thank you i appreciate it. yeah we have uh, robert and nicole duchene uh, coming in they've written a couple books grand rapids or ghost of grand rapids is one of them and then i think it's like haunted history of kalamazoo mm -hmm. is I, I believe is another one okay. and so they're next authors we love promoting those authors and, yeah. and they are they were ghost hunters too investing uh -huh. and they do tours Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids tours they're legends in this area in our area right yeah. here West Michigan and what you had going on over there in Bay City mm -hmm. we had on the west coast like Muskegon yeah. is pretty much the same kind of a situation back in the 1800s mm -hmm. yeah. it burned to the ground a couple times from all those piles of sawdust mm -hmm. back when everything was lumber industry here oh yeah we've had a lot of fires at bay city too, sure believe yeah and then we're doing a special show halloween with shatan noir just showed i think she should be just shatan one word where we're gonna yeah, bring in kind of like you know like share right or know? elvis yeah. we're bringing in our topics in urban legends mm -hmm. and so and some of the obscure stuff so that's going to be fun. Yep. I don't know if you know Bill Konkoleski. He's he's heads up Michigan MUFON, so he's UFO guy. He yeah. wrote a new he wrote a new book, so he's coming in, followed by Todd Clements, who's I know him. Yeah, yeah all right. I I was waiting because I know you spent some time with Tenny. Yeah, yeah. I well, I love Tenny and I love Todd. They're awesome. Yeah, you lectured with Tenny, you said it in the book, so I want to do some name dropping. Todd is from the, uh, he wrote a couple of books on the Mackinac Island, and we've had him on the show already, so we'll talk about him, and then we end, we end the season with Michiganderman again this year. 
So we've got a lot of things uh, ahead of us. Uh, I'd like to do shout outs. If you guys want to do a shout out to anybody, someone maybe that helped you get here. I know your grandparents were yeah. influential. Well, I want to give a shout out, um, of course, to everyone who helped, helped me with my book, which would be pretty much my entire family, my friends, you know, everybody I know. <laughs> but I also want to thank Michael Kegley. Uh, he has passed away and unfortunately he was not able to attend my book release party, but I want to uh, give a big shout out to him because uh, without him, we would not have the Great Ghost chapter. Aww. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we, we want to give a shout out to Maddie Court is normally our intern yeah. that's pushing the buttons. We hope when this comes off well because we don't have anybody pushing buttons. That's why you have one shot tonight. You don't have different camera angles. Right. But hopefully this one gets uh, posted right. and it comes off well. So, yeah, Maddie had a death in the family too, so she okay. couldn't make it. Oh, and cool. Nate and Cole, the people here at WKTV that make this possible. This is our mascot from Australia. Steve Wilson actually called me on the phone. We had a real conversation. What, recently? Yes. So Steve, I talked to Steve Wilson in Australia. Yeah. Him and Dylan are friends, so they say, yeah. uh, they say hi. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, we're, we just set a new record for views. We're, we're going to hit 4K for the first time ever, which is a 1,000 more than what our last record was yeah. or more. So uh, Linda Dillard, she's with Sleepy Hollow Dog Rescue, great work. And she also does paranormal investigating uh, team uh, studies called PITS, Jamestown, Louisiana. Darren, who was on last uh, show, yep. who was going to set the record for his show. So shout out to Darren, our friend. Sarah and Mary Bassett, I went out. They had a, a uh, grand opening for the Portland Reading Room and Art Gallery. I went out and saw them guys and supported them. So we love those guys. We do the radio show with them, Cryptic Frequencies. So I think that's enough shout outs. We need to get into the final thought. And our final thought tonight is how, how do ghosts perceive us? We know how, what, how we perceive them, like mm -hmm. orbs, shadows, yeah. uh, maybe a, a translucent apparition yeah. that you only see part of. We hear them as a whisper, um, knocks, whistles, stuff like that. They're very elusive. So, but how do you think ghosts perceive us? Are, do they see us like regular people, like a light? How do they, can they hear us good? <laughs> you go first, Nick. If you want my honest opinion, I think they think we're very cringeworthy. They're probably like, my God, you know, these women of this new century, like, don't take care of themselves. These men are crazy, blah, blah, blah. You know, they just, they're, they're especially if they're from, you know, the, the 1800s. Sure. Like, what is, you know, she or he wearing? Right. What are they doing? But no, I mean. They think we're petty. Yeah, I mean, and, and just probably like lunatics, like full-blown lunatics. But no, <laughs> I, I think they probably like just see us like people, you know? Yeah. They probably... See our full forms? Hear us well? So. I think they do. Because I'm constantly telling the spirits, like, you shout, shout at me so I can hear you, please, when I was yeah. on an investigation. I feel like, I'm, I mean, I, I think it probably takes a lot of energy to manifest or to do certain actions, but I think that they probably 
do see us and hear us. Yeah, I wonder if they're limited on how much energy, like, yeah. like they're like, well, I can only tell you my name once or twice, so stop asking me that yeah. same question. Yeah, you're making me upset here. Some of the reading and that that's, I... That's where like, I like to go in and explain things to begin. Like, we'll repeat the same ones just to let them know why we're doing it because we need validation and it's hard for us to hear. So we might ask the same questions, but because, especially if it's doing a spirit box, because we need to get that answer more than once to validate that right. it's someone communicating. We just like, we need to make sure it's actually you saying it. We're not just getting a random hit off the radio. Yeah, I love that approach where you explain mm -hmm. things to them. So that way they're not getting as frustrated. They understand, you know. Right, or I, I, like I'm not here. For us. I'm not here to harm you. Mm -hmm. The more that you can explain why you're there, mm -hmm. you're there to help because so many of them are looking for help, like you suggested. I, I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. Now, any thoughts on that, Kim? I know we probably covered all the good stuff. I know. I, I, you know, there's something to say with people who are sensitives. You know, do ghosts see those people as a platform as to communicate? Mediums, you know, people who apparently can see or talk to the dead. You know, are, are there ghosts or spirits out there, out in the atmosphere, kind of leeching onto those particular people right. in, in general, saying, you know, um, I'm going to try and communicate with the rest of you people through these special people. You know, so there's something to be said about people who have that gift. Are some people regular people more attractive to ghosts than others right. like you say you know like more appealing Deer and Dyke House in particular I think about somebody like him who can pick up on emotions right if you he could watch the news and watch something very sad on the news and feel that emotion and our spirits using him yeah, I as wonder, a communication tool I wonder if they're putting off a different colored aura or light because I, I think we I do have know. an aura to us that's what i'm wondering i'm wondering how they perceive us i don't know, think that question is going to be answered here tonight no it's not right <laughs> it's like with anything we're always just trying to get another little piece of the piece of evidence you know to kind of get a better clue and a lot right. of us we're not going to know until we're on the other side exactly yep. what it's like, right you know? and then we put some more pieces together tonight with nick's visit i appreciate that i like to always leave us so thanks for everybody that could make it coming across the state to join us nick thanks man so oh, much you're welcome. Thank you. I, I like to leave us with some inspirational quote at the end and with uh, ruth bader ginsburg yeah. passing away mm -hmm. i looked into what some stuff that she had to say yeah like so amazing. i have about three things here by ruth um and the first one nothing to do with paranormal but in every marriage, it helps sometimes to be a little deaf. So I, you know, I like, I, I wrote that one down. So I'm going to remember that one. But uh, she said, I would like to be remembered as someone who used whatever talent she had to do her work to the very best of her ability. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you certainly will be remembered yeah. long and she also said, and this is the last one, this is what I'm going to leave us with. Don't be d distracted by emotions like anger, envy, resentment. These just zap energy and waste time. 
So I'm hoping this wasn't a waste of your time. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody out there. Peace Thank out. You. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Thank you.